Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Y'all skadoodle right out of there. I love Scoot's accent. Is it, um, what is it, Scatacoke? Is that what he said? Yeah, I think so. Directly across the river from where Aubrey lives. Scatacoke. Like, I drive <laughs> right by when I go up to see my kid. And you don't stop to see Scoot. That's rude. I did. All right, so. Rude. He did post once. So I posted, you know, hey, I'm up here. In upstate New York and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, Scoot's like, he should stop by and visit. And I was like, you know what? I probably should. That'd be fun. But I didn't have time. Yeah. I, I don't have time. I literally, like, skedaddled up there really quick. That's one of my words. I love it. A race got rained out, so I ran up as fast as I could because I don't get to see my grandson as much as I should. He's so cute. Who's walking, by the way, now. <gasps> no. Yes. Oh, she's in big trouble now. Once they start being that mobile, forget it. They get into everything. She FaceTimes me the other day, and Mav is eating, and he takes after Pepe. Oh, he loves his food? Loves his food. Love smart, 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 smart kid. So he's just sitting on Aubrey's lap eating, and she's like, oh, dad, watch this. So her boyfriend comes over, grabs Mav, and moves him across the room. And the look on his face, like, how dare you take me away from my food? <laughs> and he full-on ran back to Aubrey, oh, jumped in his lap, and reached into his food. Like, Stop. I'm not your carnival circus entertainment Give me my food and leave me alone. Yeah, this is eating time. I'm. It's not performance time. He is just my favorite thing in the whole wide world. People always say, and I say this to, to my friends that don't have kids, when you have kids, you'll get it. It's a different style of your life, and you'll wonder how you even lived like this before. Right. When you have grandkids, it's that times a thousand. Aww. It's awesome. Aw, Pepe. Yes, it, it, it's that. absolutely just makes my day. Um, do you know what does not make my day? What? Alec Baldwin. Oh, yeah. Do you wow. know who he does make the papers days, though? Yeah, people have been, the creeps have been, many of the creeps sent a, this little snippet our way to check out. Well, there's a couple different Alec Baldwin things in the news. So let's start with this one. Okay. Alec Baldwin is now facing down a civil lawsuit brought by several crew members of Rust following the fatal shooting of cinematographer Helena Hutchins in 2021. The 65-year-old actor has thus far escaped criminal charges for his role in Hutchins' death after special prosecutors dismissed an involuntary manslaughter charge against him in April. We remember that. 
More news on that next. <laughs> oh, really? Should, you know, evidence prove damning against it? Like Things are going to change here. But lawyers for Baldwin and Eldoro Pictures this week filed a motion to dismiss a civil case brought by movie crew members Addington, Coran, and Price. The trio accused the film's producers, including, sorry, in, I'll leave that right in for you, <laughs> including Baldwin in his capacity as co-producer of negligent and reckless conduct on set. New Mexico's first judicial district court will hear motions on Wednesday, marking a new chapter in this legal proceedings triggered by the death of Helena Hutchins, like we said, who was unfortunately shot to death in October 21. Maybe by Baldwin on the set of Rust, because that's still up in the air. Did he pull the trigger? Did he not pull the trigger? I honestly don't like, think we'll actually know. I, I don't I don't know how forensically, I mean, I know how smart these forensic investigators are, but I mean, to first say yes, he did, and then to say no, he absolutely didn't. I don't know how they could be 100% sure. And here's something about how people's mind works. After time goes on, you don't even know what you did at that point. Because you so, so many times probably, you know, thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. You're right. Until the point where you're like, did I? Didn't I? I don't know. I can, you know, people I'm not. People are going to be like, oh, Mark's sticking up for Alec Baldwin again or this or that. No, it's nothing to do with this. <laughs> I think we know that you're not a huge fan of Alec Baldwin. Everybody listening right person. now who's driving, play this game in your head right now. Look at the car in front of you. Look at their license plate. Memorize that license plate in your head. You're looking at it. You're looking at it. Yep, it's right there. Now, don't pay attention to it and wait till that car speeds off. And in three minutes, try to tell me what that license plate was. Oh, Charity forgot it before it even sped off. I yep. saw a red ball. Yep. Yeah. That's how our minds work. Yep. I'll sit and tell myself, like, I've seen accidents happen in front of me. And I was like, oh, my God. I was just witness to this accident. And then I started putting in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. Was the light red? Yeah. Or did he, was it green? And did the other guy run the red? Wait, what's going on? Because here's the thing, right? When we something, forget. We, and when something happens, an accident like this happens, it is something completely unexpected. So you now are in shock and have to go back and try to relive it with that shock and wonder, okay, what exactly did happen? Because it happened yeah. so quick. Absolutely. Um, getting back to uh, Mr. Baldwin, this all comes as a New Mexico judge sets a 2024 starting date for the trial of movie armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who is now the sole criminal defendant in this entire case. Really? Yep, just her. They're hanging her out to dry. The one who wasn't even there when they took out a gun that they should not have had on set when the armorer is not there and decided to practice the scene without her there. So she's the one that they're they're going to put the blame on she and i'll say this again whether you like her or not that gun was never supposed to be al allowed out unless it came from her hands and they decided to practice a set a scene on a set with the gun without the armorer there i wonder if they're going to try to go i mean but how can they if she wasn't there they're going to try to go after her and say you put the bullet the real bullet in the fake gun or whatever they're going to try to probably go after her on that but yeah, to but your point was it may have been discovered if she had, was there or who's to say somebody else didn't switch it out if she yep. wasn't there? State District Court Judge Mary Marlowe Summer on Monday scheduled the trial to run from February 21st through March 6th in Santa Fe, New Mexico. 
The first day begins with jury selection. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed has pleaded not guilty to charges of involuntary manslaughter and evidence tampering in the fatal shooting of Helena Hutchins. An attorney for Gutierrez-Reed has described the fatal shooting as a tragic accident and says the film armor, film's armor committed no crime. Prosecutors are also weighing whether to refile charges against Baldwin after receiving a new analysis of the gun fired at Hutchins. Where, we just talked about where this. Where did this analysis come from? It came from the special prosecutor's office. Oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure, like, you can get whatever person to say whatever you want. True. Like, at one point or another, you can have five experts saying five different theories. Right. That's what they do. Yeah. That's what happens right there. Yes. It, it kind of bothers me. Uh, special cross prosecutors dim- dismissed an involuntary manslaughter charge against Baldwin in April, which I said was going to happen. Yep. And I told you that was going to happen. Mm-hmm saying that they were informed the gun might not have been modified before shooting and malfunctioned. Weird. Different different professionals said that before. Now they're saying, nope, nope, had to, had to pull the trigger. Interesting. After Baldwin's attorneys announced the decision, the special prosecutor said that the decision does not absolve Mr. Baldwin of criminal culpability and charges may be reviled, oh, which I heard man, they're, they're is, now debating. This is going to be going on forever. The prosecutor said the gun and broken sear have been sent to the state's independent expert for further testing. The charges against Alec Baldwin were dismissed without prejudice because of a possible malfunction of the gun significantly affects causation with regards to Baldwin, but not with uh, Gutierrez Reed. You know, the one who is not there. During the time of this? I, I don't know what's... The, this the one is, who's so on she's lunch? She's going to... The one who's on lunch. She wasn't there. Is she, They're going to drag her through a full trial? Is that what's going to happen? Oh, she, yeah. Unless she takes a deal? Oh, 100%. 100%. Wow. If it is determined that the gun did not malfunction, charges against Mr. Baldwin will proceed. Baldwin said he pulled the hammer back, but not the trigger. The gun fired, fatally wounding Hutchins in injuring director Joel Souza. Gutierrez-Reed pleaded not guilty to the charges against her earlier this month. Her attorney, Mr. Jason Bowl, said that his client looks forward to her day in court and to having the conduct on a set fully examined, which I wouldn't blame her. Yeah. In March, Rust assistant director and safety coordinator David Halls pleaded no contest to a conviction of unsafe handling of a firearm and received a suspended sentence of six months of probation. Now, remember, he's the one who pulled the gun out and handed it to Alec Baldwin. Yep. He's not an armorer. And it was his film. Yeah, how does that happen? I don't know. He agreed to cooperate in the investigation of the shooting for these reduced charges. Hmm. Interesting. This, to me, is prosecutors trying to make a name of themselves and going after, I'm the one who went after Alec Baldwin. Now they couldn't make that stick, so now they got to shove it right up the AWS of Hannah Gutierrez-Reed. Yep. Whether you like her or not, how can you be charged with something when you're not even there? I mean, we don't really know her. And you know what? We talked about this in so much great length on more than one episode. It was the perfect storm. Everybody had a hand in doing something that led to this, I feel. But if you're the, if you're going to not even, if you're going to give the director a slap on the hand, that's yeah. just completely... I don't know. That's still wrong to me. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed's attorneys say they have evidence that they will present at trial that shows Hannah Gutierrez-Reed 
advised David Halls to call her back to rehearsal if Baldwin planned to touch the gun. Yeah. This call never happened, and the gun was then handed over to Mr. Alec Baldwin, and it unfortunately set off the chain of events that took Hannah Gutierrez-Reed away from us. The filming of Rust resumed this year in Montana under an agreement with the cine- uh, with the cinematographer's widower, Matthew Hutchins, that made him an executive producer. So weird. I... I don't. I want money. How does he it's not all have all money? PTSD. That's the the same set his wife died on. I don't. I don't know. Unless unless maybe he thinks that he owes it to her to finish this film. I don't know. Or I, I, money. Yeah, I hope that's not the case. It I makes just, me sad. I just get super super angry. And this was two days ago, right here. Uh, another report. Ready? I'm ready. You ready, Freddie? I'm ready. Isn't that a thing? I'm ready. You're ready. I was thinking of SpongeBob, the the oh, famous SpongeBob. Yes. I'm ready. <laughs> Hi, SpongeBob. I'm Patrick. No, Patrick. I'm Patrick. I'm SpongeBob. <laughs> Love that. While Alec Baldwin may have thought he was in the clear of manslaughter charges stemming from the onset death of Russ cinematographer Helena Hutchins, a new report suggests that the dust may not have you know quite be settled just yet. As per forensic investigation released earlier this week, it was determined that the gun Alec Baldwin held could only have been fired by pulling the trigger. Oh, geez. Weird. How do the other people decide that it maybe could happen? And if it does go to trial, whatever, again, his side's going to say he didn't. So it's going to be a he said, she said situation. The report uh, coming from Variety... Involving Alec Baldwin in the Colt 45 during the fateful moment on the set of Russ read in part, quote, the fatal incident was the consequence of the hammer being manually retracted to its fully rearward and cocked position following. Hold on. That's what she said. (laughs) Following at some point by the pull or rearward depression of the trigger, although Alec Baldwin repeatedly denies pulling the trigger, given the test findings and observations reporting here the trigger had in uppercase letters had to be pulled or depressed sufficiently to release the fully cocked or retracted hammer of the evidence revolver all right i have a question yes so when they did the initial investigation now i'm talking about the police and detectives i'm not talking about his side their side what I'm not talking about prosecution and defense. I'm talking about the original investigation done by the police and detectives. Okay. Yep. When that report came out, they said that he did pull the gun, if you recall. Mm-hmm. And that to me was an unbiased call. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'll buy them. Now I don't think we'll ever know. That's the problem. I just, this this, this whole thing. I just remember that initial, like... Finding. So Hannah Gutierrez-Reed had been facing a wealth of accusations following the shooting. We believe that she was in possession of cocaine, may have been hungover during the shooting. 
uh, that left Hutchins and Sousa. One of them passed away, one of them dead. But yet, like I said, she wasn't there. So the, the gun should have never actually been pulled out. No, I actually did not even know what this movie was about. We've talked about Rust yeah. a billion times. I have the plot is it a synopsis West- about Yeah, you. is it a Western? What is it? A 13-year-old boy left fend for himself and his younger brother following the death of their parents in 1880s Kansas is taken on a violent, harrowing journey to old Mexico by his long-estranged grandfather after he's sentenced to hang for the accidental killing of a local rancher. So is the gra- sounds really good. Is the grandfather Alec? Must, must be Alec, I think. Must mm, be. Interesting. All right, guys, I want to know what you think. Do you think Alec Baldwin will be charged again? Do you think he should be charged again? Please sound off on our Facebook page, the Case Watch Crime Creep group on Facebook, the best place on the internet. In, in, in net. In, best place on the in net. In net. Or do us a favor. Do what Scoot did. Do the right thing. 603 212 4600. Drop us a voicemail. Drop us a text message. Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> drop it like it's hot. Just say hello. We like hearing from you. I love hearing the creeps' voices so much. So much that Charity comes in today and says, we have voicemail. I'm like, no, we don't. She's like, yeah, we have like nine yeah. of them. And I was like, oh, I forgot. Yeah. I said that at, through my sweatiness. Yes. Ch- funny story. Pull back the veil <laughs> here a minute. So Charity lives a couple miles down the road from me. I was Three at, to be exact. I was at my office. So, and then I looked down because my office is not near my house. It's up in New Hampshire. So I was like, ooh, I got to skedaddle home real quick because we're recording at uh, one o'clock. Can we just love that Mark uses my words now? Skedaddle, skidoo. I, I think it's my my word. What it, are you talking now about? Now it is. When, when was it ever your word? <laughs> Whatever. Somebody show me proof. <laughs> so I flew home as fast as I could. And my drive is down her walk. And I pulled in. I pulled into my driveway, (laughs) and I had to get a couple things done before she got here. And next thing I know, I look out my window, and here comes Charity skedaddling down the road. (laughs) And I'm like, "Wait a minute!" And then she comes in, and she's like, "I just walked here." I was like, "I just drove by you." Apparently, I was in my imaginary car, Mark, driving, and I missed it completely. I feel bad. Why do you think? No, I walked on purpose. Why does one walk on purpose for exercise? Yeah, no, I don't do that. Whatever. So. I have a couple news stories sent by the creeps. Sorry, sorry guys. That's Mark's beep, beep, beep. Yes, that's my beep, 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 because like Kristen knows I'm recording right now, and now she's deciding to text and call me. So it's so funny how this happens. All right, so this was sent to us by the lovely Zoe Roxy. Okay. Who, I'll tell this story again one more time. I saw on Facebook, she put this post that said something like, money's tight. I hate to do what I got to do, but sign up for my OnlyFans here. Click this link. And Mark was like, yep, I will sign up for this. I clicked it. And it was like this picture picture of a monkey looking back at you laughing. (laughs) And I went, this is not what I was hoping for. (laughs) So this is from the New York Post. Woman under investigation after poisonous mushroom meal killed her three former in-laws. Okay, ready? I'm ready for this. A lunch turned deadly last week when three elderly people died after eating... What police suspected were poisonous mushrooms at their former in-law's house. The meal at Aaron Patterson's of Victoria, Australia, led to four people falling ill. Her former in-laws, Gail and Don Patterson, Gail's sister, Heather Wil- Wilkinson, and her husband, Ian, reported the BBC. Aaron did not experience—so one second, a little ad came up— 
Aaron did not experience <laughs> visible symptoms after the July 29th meal. Gail, 70, and Heather, 66, died Friday, and Dawn, 70, died the following day. No! Oh, that's sad. Ian, 68, is awaiting a liver transplant while in critical condition, according to the BBC. Aaron, 48, was previously married to the Patterson's son, Simon. Police interviewed Aaron and haven't ruled out nefarious activity. Oh, that is a word that is not used enough. We're gonna, I'm going to try to use nefarious twice today. Yes, okay. Not counting nefarious right here. Okay, no. This Pol- point forward, we'll use it twice. Okay. Police executed a search warrant and seized items for forensic testing, according to the Herald Sun. Charges are not expected to be brought in the coming days, according to police. Quote, she hasn't presented with any symptoms, but we have to keep an open mind in relation to this, that it could be very innocent. But again, we just don't know at this point. Victoria, police detective inspector for the homicide squad, Dean Thomas, said he called the deaths unexplained during an interview on 3AW. He added that it is undecided if the situation is a crime or an accident. Quote, it's a very, very complex matter. We'll be working closely with medical experts, with toxicologists, and a whole range of experts throughout the course of this investigation in the hope that we can understand exactly what has gone on and provide some answers to the family, he said. The guests fell ill around midnight after the meal with food poisoning-like symptoms and went to local hospitals where they died. Police said they believe the group ate death cat mushrooms, which are highly toxic. That sounds it if that's the name of the damn mushroom. My opinion on this is all mushrooms look gross. Who decided at one point is like, I'm going to bite that. They take on the flavor of what you cook them with. Yeah. Yeah. Flavor of garbage. Okay. Anyways, I like mushrooms. Mushrooms are gross. Oh my God. Death cat mushrooms are responsible for the most deaths of people who ingest foraged mushrooms, according to the Centers of Disease Control. So I would never forage mushrooms, guys, because I don't know enough about them. Okay. Just one mushroom is enough to kill a person, regardless if it's cooked or raw. Victoria Health issued a warning about death cat mushrooms, telling residents not to consume wild mushrooms because it is often difficult to distinguish between edible and toxic varieties. Aaron denied any wrongdoing while speaking to the media in tears on Monday, reported to the Herald. Quote, I didn't do anything, she said. I loved them and I'm devastated that they're gone. She did not answer questions about where the mushrooms came from or how they were served. While in tears, she explained that she saw Gail like a mother, especially after losing her own four years ago. Quote, I'm so devastated about what has happened and the loss to the community and to the families and to my own children. They've lost their grandmother, Erin said. I loved them and I can't believe this happened. And I'm so sorry they have lost their lives. Erin's two children who were present at the lunch but ate a different meal, were taken into state care as a precaution, according to the BBC. Residents in the small town of, in the small Australian town remember the victims at a mass on Sunday. Quote, their love, steadfast faith, and selfless service have left an in, indelible mark on our families. The Corumbara Baptist Church, the local community, and indeed people around the globe, a statement published by the victim's family in the Sentinel Times said... The local community is praying for Ian's recovery at the local church where his pastor, according to uh, Nine News Melbourne. The Victoria police did not immediately respond to a request for comment. So this is an interesting one, right? Interesting. Because I did read in another publication that she did state she bought the mushrooms at a local supermarket. That makes it a lot different. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, they'd be able to prove that. Yeah. Now- if this is truly an accident, like that she didn't know they were poisonous mushrooms, I feel 
horrible for her, her children, the families. I mean, I feel bad for the families regardless. But if this was nefarious. I see what you did there. A nefarious act with my nose right was, on the microphone. Do you guys think it was nefarious as well? I don't know. I hope it. I hope it's not. I hope it's a completely accidental situation. I hope. Did that, she eat any? It didn't say. Because that makes a big but part she of might, the story. But to the point, she might be like you and not like mushrooms, but no, her in-laws do like mushrooms. I don't know. And if that's the case, then she didn't do anything wrong except feed them mushrooms she didn't know were poisonous. So who knows? Man, I need to know more stuff on this. <sighs> what do you guys think? Well, Zoe, since you are in Australia, if you could keep us posted on this, that would be balls. And if you could uh, let me stay in Australia in your abode at some point. She's already said we could. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, Kristen's brother and yes. sister-in-law just moved back to Australia. They did. I know. Do we know a part? I do, but I'm not going to put that on of the course podcast. Not. But Australia is huge. You got you to gotta have some big cojones That's, to live there because there's spiders the size of this monitor. The there. Australian accent is w- by far one of my favorites. I love all accents. I do too, but this Australian accent, I just love, I don't know. I just love listening to it. I could listen to it to like fall asleep at night. Well, later on tonight, I'm going to put on Australian news and listen to it then. There you go. It puts me to sleep. All right. There's this next one before we get into the case. And this is very sad as well. Uh, It was sent by Rhonda Metcalf Ball, who has sent us stuff before. What's up, Rhonda? What's up, Rhonda? So. What's up? Did you remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> like me and my friends were total losers. So we would do this. We wouldn't even have conversations. We'd just be, what's up? I, I can't. So this is from the U.S. Sun. And I don't know. I, Mark and I talked about this a little bit beforehand. Which because means I don't remember. You said you remembered. <laughs> so guys, back in January of 2022, 36-year-old oh, yes, yes, yes. Lacey Fletcher died in her parents' Louisiana home. Um, they found her like attached to the coach. I don't know if you Oof. guys remember that. Um, and the parents were arrested for it, but there's been a little bit of a development. So it says new twist in death of 96 pound recluse whose rotting remains were found melted into coach after years of neglect. Oh boy. <sighs> so it says a judge has dropped murder charges for the parents of a woman whose emaciated and decomposed body was found fused to the couch in their home. So like we said, this happened, um, January of 2022. Um, and then initially a grand jury indicted them on second degree murder that May. So um, the couple Clay and Sheila Fletcher were released on a $300,000 bond each and pleaded not guilty in July of 2022. They were due to stand trial later this month. Instead, District Judge Catherine Jones dropped the charges after hearing on May 30th, uh, citing a technicality with the wording in the indictment. Huh. Uh, that was reported by WAFB. District Attorney Sam D'Aquila said, <laughs> said the parents will face a second grand jury on June 19th. He hopes they will be arrested on new charges after the grand jury. And if so, plans to bring the case to trial by the end of the year, according to Houston's KRIV. The details on the case are horrific, as the U.S. Sun reported at the time. What was left of Lacey's body was found on an old sofa, partially naked and covered in urine, feces, and maggots, according to the cops, and weighed just about 96 pounds, the U.S. Sun reported. 
the whole room reeked, and the floor underneath the couch was buckle buckling. Sources told. Oh boy, I know. That's this sad. is so sad. The local coroner told the outlet that Lacey had melted. And that's in quotes, guys, to the couch, and that the sofa material and feces were found in her stomach. Oh. Uh, quote, this is something I can't even get out of my head, he told WBRZ's chief investigative reporter, Chris Nak- Nakamoto, per KRIV. Speaking with KRIV, Nakamoto said that the coroner, who deals with death every day, told him that the minute he walked into the house, he left and had to vomit in the front yard due to the smell. Yeah. The Fletcher's daughter died from starvation, among other factors, according to East Felician Parish Coroner, Dr. Ewell Dewitt. Bickham the third. The third. Quote, her cause of death stems from at least a decade of medical neglect. He told. What was that? <laughs> I don't even know. Was it from you or from me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm like literally not even playing. <laughs> I, I don't even have a phone in my hands. Barkham told De Aquila, uh, De Aquila, the district attorney. Guilty. That Lacey died from severe medical neglect, which led to chronic and malnutrition. Acute starvation, immobility, acute ulcer formation, osteomyelitis, which is a bone infection, which led finally to sepsis, according to the Daily Mail. Wow. Lacey was diagnosed with autism and crippling social anxiety, leaving her parents to take charge as her caretaker. A neighbor revealed that Lacey had not been seen outside for 15 years. According, Life goals for me right there. According to De Aquila... The Fletchers claimed that the beginning around 2011-2012, Lacey didn't want to leave the house and apparently never complained about being home. De Aquila pushed for the second-degree murder charges, arguing that Lacey's parents intended to kill her. They were reportedly out of town at the time of her death. Oh, my God. Negligent homicide is zero to five years. Manslaughter is zero to 40 years. And second-degree is life in prison. I will ask for second-degree because they didn't want what they were supposed to do. They didn't do what they were supposed to do, he told WAFB at the time. Guys, oh my God, there's a picture. I can't. This is just, this is just so sad. So there was a technicality, it seems. And because they're going to have to go through the whole process again to make sure they, the charges stick to the parents. Now, I'm interested once the trial starts. Well, if it does, I'm sure they're going to, the grand jury, if the first grand jury heard all the information, saw pictures. So it sounds like she needed them to guide her because mm. she had these issues. Why didn't they put her in a home? That's what I was thinking. And didn't they smell the smell? That they, just they, doesn't they happen. They said they were not home. Yeah, but for how long? I want to see. I need details on yeah, this. There's important and missing information. I need here. to hear more details. I need to hear exactly what they're saying the parents didn't do. So if they, I mean, was she? Here's a couple of questions I have. Did they have a basement in law apartment that they let her live in because she was an adult and just didn't bother her and didn't know what was going on down there and didn't check on her enough? Did was it something as simple as that? Did they travel so much that they were never home and just left her there? I don't know. There's so many different things that there's could a lot be, here that makes this case. Or yeah, this just case. another case to watch, though. Get it? Case to watch. Uh huh. That's strange. Did you like that? I did. I'm pretty impressed that I just threw that in there, but ugh. Mark, what? silent. What? <laughs> Your phone. He doesn't even know when it goes off anymore. Oh, I don't even pay attention. I, I listen back on. and I hear ding, ding. Was that me? <laughs> no, that was me. It was, oh, sorry, I forgot. Tell Charity I said I love her. <laughs> oh, hi, Kristen. I love you. Too bad, I, she won't I hear. It now. Too bad she won't hear that on here, but that's okay. You're right. 
All right. I do love that. That's so funny to me. <laughs> what are you going to bless us with today? Oh, I'm gonna... Is it something nefarious? Oh, it's beyond nefarious. Oh, I like it. It's been three times now we've said that, by the way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in for we're, more. We're overachievers. Try. Mama said, if you're good at something, keep doing it. Yeah. And I'm pretty good at being annoying. Mm, maybe to some people. <laughs> right. So this person is, again, I have heard of her. And it was fairly recent, actually, 2015. Trial 2017. Ooh, okay. Russia. Oh, Russian. Boy. Her name is Tamara Samsonova. Okay. Does that sound familiar at all? Does the last name I think I've heard. Okay, so this is this story is whoa. How, how's that go? Whoa. No, no, the other No, I'm not doing that again. Whoa. You just got that once because he records things. When I first sat down, he was playing something that I said over and over and over. Yes, sir. Please. Yeah, that he put together, guys. Ugh. I did not. Yes, you did. You rearranged the order. Anyways. That's not possible. I recorded as it said. No. Guys, he knows how to do all that. Just saying. I, I, like, I don't know. Last episode, he took a whole sentence from like two paragraphs above, took it out, and had me re-record it and put it in there. So don't tell me he can't do those things. I don't know what you're speaking of. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to get into it. <laughs> Tamara Mitrofanovo. Wait. Mitrofanovna. I was trying my hardest. Samsonova was born in a town in Russia called Uzer. On April 25th, 1947, I couldn't find much information about her childhood, just that she graduated from high school and went off to further edu her education at Moscow State Linguistic University. This university is the oldest and largest university in Russia and is the go-to university for those that want to study linguistics and foreign languages. So keep that in mind. I don't know mind. what linguistics mean. Why don't you look it up, Mark, while I continue reading and you okay. can tell the people what you, you go found. Ahead. Tamara successfully graduated from college and decided to move to St. Petersburg, where she met and married Alexei Samsonova. It was 1971 at the time. The newlyweds moved into a brand new house, starting their life together. Everything was going great for quite a long time, Mark. Tamara worked for a total of 16 years as a Russian tour operator. She did this out of the Grand Hotel Europe. This particular hotel is a five-star super fancy hotel with quite a historic history. So it sounds like she had a pretty good job for that many years, right? Yep. I, I do oh. now. The question on Google has been asked. Okay. What does a linguistics major do? Linguistics is a scientific subject which means linguistics majors ask questions and test hypotheses about language. Students may focus on the role of the language in society or how children and adults learn language differently. Oh, I like that. She's, she's linguisting stuff. Did you, um, did you ask Mr. Google that or did you ask Miss Wiki that? Oh, I asked Google. Mr. Google? No, Mr. Goodgal. Oh. Google. Google. Okay. He, he's from Russia. Google. Oh. Google. Whoa. Answer the question. Wow. Okay. Sorry. That's I don't know what happened. Aggressive. There. Happens once in a while. It does. Uh, things were going swimmingly, another word that is not used enough, until the year 2000. This was the year Tamara's husband went missing without a trace. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, 
she didn't report him missing, though, until 2005. And she was a suspect right away. The authorities were sure that she killed her husband and disposed of his body. The police did a full investigation but came up empty-handed. Without any evidence, there was no arrest to be made. None. I find this funny. Do you? Um, yeah. Like she, yeah, this doesn't add up to me. At the end of this, I'm going to have you look her up so you can see what she looks right, like at I the time of her arrest. Right okay. Yep. Tamara was seemingly free to move forward with her life. That is exactly what she did. Staying off the radar of the police. That is until 2015. For 15 years, she just went about her business doing, quote, many things. I guess even after 15 years, there was still interest in what had happened to her husband and why he had just disappeared. The case had been turned over to the investigative unit of the of the Fruzensky district in St. Petersburg, where she was made to give a statement about her husband. But that wasn't the real reason she was brought in to be questioned. Oh, what is it? Well, on July 27th, 2015, a couple was out walking their dog when they saw a suspicious, very large plastic bag. Now, we always talk about this, guys. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but when I see a random large plastic bag on the side of the road, I start to speculate what might be inside. And one of our creeps, and I forget which one, and we, we are going to get back to best of the week because I know more than one person has yes. said they miss that because they love hearing their names and the funny stuff they post. I forget which one of you did it. But you actually took a picture of a plastic bag that looked like it had, or it was either like a, a plastic bag or a shirt or something on the ground. And it said, I've listened to enough episodes that I am not touching that and I am walking away. <laughs> right? Because who knows? Yes. Like people like Gabriella, uh, Walter Cop. Read them off, Mark. Read them off. Uh, Jeannie, Michelle, Kimberly. We have some new ones Danelle, on there. Danelle, yep. Wendy, Michael. I'm just scrolling. Victoria, she's been here from the get-go. Yep. Rodell. Lot lots of uh lots of Walter. <laughs> William. The AJ Sandoval. Yep. That that's not a name that I remember. Yeah. He's been with us for a little while. Okay. I like his profile picture's kind of cool with like neon-y stuff. It won't load up though. Let me see. Yeah, it's kind of cool. He's been with us since February. Cindy, uh, Zachary, Lori. All right, now I'm just reading off names. Taylor. Yeah, we appreciate all of you. We sure do. Each and every one. All right, oh, continue wow. on. Okay. Well, anyways, the couple that saw the bag did more than just speculate. They decided to look inside, right? That makes me wonder if I would do that. Yeah. Do you want to take any guesses, Mark? <laughs> oh. uh, lower lower leg. You're so close. Penis? Inside the bag was a... No, 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 no. Am I... All right. Lower leg. You said it's close. Is penis warmer or colder? I mean, everything's probably cold at that point. No, no, no. It's so... At one end is the junk and the other end no, is the toe. None of that. None of that. Um, arm. No, let me just read. Chest. Yes. Oh, there we go. Inside the bag was a mutilated torso. No arms, no legs, and no head. Just the torso. If that was floating in water, what would you call it? 
I'm not saying it because I feel like that's insensitive. It's just curious. I'll tell you off. Sorry, guys. My humor is coming out today. Yes, his evil humor. The couple called the police right away and a full investigation started. Thank goodness this was in 2015 because the first thing the police did was look at all camera footage from the surrounding areas. Yeah, there's cameras everywhere. Everywhere. There was video of an older woman dumping contents from a large pan, like a saucepan, outside of an apartment building. That same woman was seen dragging a large plastic bag around the side of the building a few nights before the couple found the torso. Huh. Ah, what a quinky dink. The said woman, seen in all the video footage, was indeed dun 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 Tamara Samsonov. And Nefarious. She, and she was 68 years old at the time. She oh was, of God. course, taken into custody for questioning. But here's my thing. I know many, many women in their 60s, in late 60s, and they do they look really good. Like they do not even look like they're in their 50s sometimes. I have stories, but I don't know if I should divulge. <laughs> You're right. You're oh, 100% right. Oh, has Mark been with the uh, Cougars? No. So Mark used to tow cars for a long time. Yeah. And I used to go tow this lady's car like repeatedly, and I don't know why. And she was what you would call, what's the next step above a cougar? Oh. um, Jaguar. A jag- jaguar. She was definitely in the white hair crew. And I just remember she would flirt with me mercil- mercilessly yeah. every single day. Oh. And like she would be like, don't you like what you see there, Sonny? And I was like, I don't know what like to how, say. Like how, what age do you think she might oh, have? She's 70s. Okay. Like mid-70s probably. But definitely was very spry for 70s. If you get my drift. Oh, well then. Okay. It, was, it, was, it was definitely interesting. So I know what you mean. Yes. When the police went into her home, they found blood spatter, more body parts in plastic bins, books about black magic, um, a missing bathroom curtain, and her diary. A diary written in English, Russian, and German. So I forgot to mention that around the torso was a curtain. The body was wrapped in a curtain. Oh, but there's one missing from this lady's house. Exactly. That's how that kind of correlated. That's odd. This Diary had very explicit writings detailing what she did to her victims along with some random scribbles such as, quote, slept badly, drank coffee, take medicines, and I don't eat. Huh. Yeah. Sources say there were very erratic writings almost suggesting that she was afraid of missing something. Almost like like her mind was so erratic she just wrote scribbled stuff down. That's so and weird. she just yeah. So let's start talking about what Tamara was doing during those 15 years. I, I gotta know. <sighs> With her husband no longer around, she most likely needed help paying the bills. So she did what any now poor woman living by herself. Only fans? No. She oh. decided to rent out one of her rooms, rooms in her house. One of her tenants. Now, this speculation that she did this, there's lots of speculation with this case. We're going to get into that, but... That she rented out to more than one person. Okay. That poofed away, disappeared. Oh, I get what you're putting out. Nefarious reasons. Nefarious. Yeah. One of her tenants' names was Volodia. Volodia. Here is what she had written about him in her diary from 2003 
2003. This goes back. All right. This, these writings are wild, guys. But did you catch that she wrote it in three different languages? Yes. Because she is a language expert. She's a linguist. She's a linguist, guys. Ready? I am ready. I killed my tenant, Volodia. Cut him into pieces in the bathroom with a knife and put the pieces of his body in plastic bags and threw them away in different parts of the Frunzensky district. She even mentioned a tattoo that Volodia had on his torso, a tattoo that had been noted when the torso was originally found. So this case had become a cold case. So they were able to link it. That's crazy. This was just one of many horrific admissions made in this madwoman's diary. Apparently, in 2003, there was another torso found in the same area. The body was deemed to belong to a 44-year-old woman, but unfortunately, there were no leads, and this case went cold as well. There was, though, a journal entry that matched the location of the torso and matched um, there being paid and matched because there were pages from a book about black magic left with it um, in Tamara's house. A book about black magic, the one that was found. Um, was missing those very same pages. What a quinky dink. Very coincidental. She has the same page ripped out of her book as a killer does. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Tamara's husband, Alexi, was eventually marked as legally dead after a few years went by. Now, with all the evidence coming to light about Tamara's murders, the police believe she definitely killed him. They couldn't prove it because there was no physical evidence, but they just knew it. They speculated, all right, there's no way. Like, she <laughs> clearly she killed him. Have to be. Have to be. With the mounting evidence investigators had against Tamara, she decided she would just start talking. Why not, I guess? She was caught, right? She told investigators that the torso in the bag found in 2015 belonged to a 79-year-old woman named Valentina Yulonova. I love these names, Mm -hmm. by the way. So I read a few different accounts about how Tamara knew Valentina. In some places, I read that Tamara moved in with the woman and overstayed her welcome, if you get my drift, prompting her to murder her quote-unquote friend. In other places, I read that Tamara was nice enough to help take care of the 79-year-old woman. And during one particular visit, the two women got into a heated argument um, over dishes. Mm -hmm. Tamara became so enraged, she went to the Pushkin and convinced a pharmacist, or went to Pushkin, and convinced a pharmacist to sell her Phenazepam. Then on the drive home, she stopped and bought an Oliver salad. Would you like to know what that is? Because I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I don't know. This is a meal that is usually made with diced boiled potatoes, carrots, and dill pickles and cucumbers. Yeah. Sometimes peas, eggs, celery, onions, and apples are added on (laughs) oftentimes some sort of meat. (laughs) What's wrong with a taco salad? Well, it's a traditional Russian food, I guess. When she arrived back to the house... She drugged the elderly woman um, by crushing up the pills and putting it in her delicious salad she got for her. And um, then proceeded to dismember her while she was still alive. Sounds fun. Oh, yeah. The Russian press somehow got the diary entry about this murder and put it in print. Here is what Tamara wrote. I came home and put the entire pack of phenazepam, 50 pills, into her Oliver salad. At 2 a.m., I awoke to find her on the floor, so I started chopping her up. Ugh. Unbelievable. This happened on the night of July 23rd. The crazed woman used two separate knives to dismember the woman's body and then used a saw. A saw. That is absolutely crazy to me. 
Oh, I just did something to my thing. <laughs> Wait, hold on. That's what she said. <laughs> you gotta take that out. Why is it light now? Oh, hold on. I learned this. Nope. Now I'm leaving this in because this goes back to Mark. Why is it light like this? I don't know. It says header now. This goes back to... All right, I can still read it, guys. This goes back to uh, Mark's tech support <laughs> score for oh. Charities Tech. Close header. I just figured it out on my own. You guys, look, look, Mark, look, it's back. I didn't know what was happening before. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I figured it out on myself. That's so funny. Okay, anyways. <sighs> so um, this is a little interesting thing, little nugget. Tidbit? And there's a picture of this. Oh, boy. So Tamara was made to reenact this horrific um, murder with the use of a dummy. Huh? They made her show them what exactly they did to this she did to this woman using a dummy. Why? Yeah. So her first course of action was to saw off the woman's head. Then she proceeded to saw off the body. Lastly, using the knives, she cut up all the rest of the body, even removing organs. Oh. Remember, Crazy. all right, here's, I have, all right, remember, this woman was 68 years old at the time of this murder. Don't you have questions? She's just silver fox. Mm, you should look her up at the end. Oh, you can do it now. She had to make more than one trip. What's her name again? Tamara Sampsonova. T-A-M-A-R-A. Champsane Supernova. Nope. Nope, nope, not a silver fox. Right? All right. So she had to make more than one trip in and out of the house to dump the different pieces of the body. And finally, the torso that she had wrapped in a curtain from the bathroom, like we said. I just, I don't believe that, how does a 68-year-old woman pull this task off? I... I'm blown away with who would help she's, her, though. I know, but she single-handedly sawed a poor woman's head off. When there's a will, there's a way. I don't know. Well, she just kept confessing away, and it is believed she could be responsible for murdering, dismembering, and eating, and eating, Mark, and eating. Between, this lady looks pretty freaky in that picture. Yep. Between, all right, listen, between 22 to even as many as 50 Five people. Only, well, yeah. Yeah. Only 10 of them were mentioned in her diary and she confessed to an 11th. So there's only 11 known to be confessed by her. But these are all speculations. That's so weird. She was arrested and set to go to trial with a plea of guilty. It's been said she remained very calm during her trial. Her diary was brought into evidence and her interest in black magic, along with all the physical evidence, the video surveillance of her, etc. Most of Tamara's neighbors described her as being very odd and a loner, saying she would stay in all day and only go out when it was dark. More than one neighbor reported that she used to take such good care of herself before her husband disappeared, always dressing just so with her makeup done perfectly, etc., other neighbors said she would frequently sit shirtless with her back to the front window so all could, could admire her beautiful silhouette. Oh, I'd still look. Well, it sounds like she used to really take care of her beauty and was a very beautiful woman. Yep. 
It was said that over the 15 years after her husband was gone, she completely let herself go, starting to look tired and much older than she was. Because I'm sorry, she looks so much older than a 68-year-old woman in that picture. There's no way, especially nowadays. Like, this was only in 2015. Other than the odd behaviors that neighbors witnessed— They were all pretty shocked when they heard about what she had done. Of course they are. Especially with the way she looked. She literally looks elderly, guys. Elderly. Yes. Oh, she really does. Marina Krivenko was one of Tamara's neighbors at the time and thought of her as a friend for 15 years. She said Tamara had been very interested in the murderer, Andre Chikatilo. This dude I want to look into because I asked my best friend, Miss Wiki. And uh, she said Andre Chikatilo, or the butcher of Rostov, the Rostov Ripper and the Red Ripper, sexually assaulted, murdered, and mutilated at least 52 women and children between 1978 and 1990 in the Russian SFSR, the Ukrainian SSR, and Uzbek SSR. Well, this is going to be one you're going to have to look at. I'm going to have to. He was known to stab his victims' eyes out and went... Um, and then cut up their bodies, even cutting into their genitals or cutting them off. That's weird. <gasps> he sounds like a real role model, huh, Mark? He sure does. <laughs> During her court hearing, Tamara said, quote, I am guilty and I deserve to be punished. She then lovingly blew, ki- blew a kiss to the court reporters. What is going on here? Well, just wait. When she saw the media, she said, I knew you would come. It's such a disgrace for me. All the city will know. It's so strange. It's like she had moments of pure clarity and realized how wrong her actions were and almost embarrassed about what people would think. Right? Yeah. This is odd. Yeah. This is odd, too. She clapped her hands together after the judge announced she would have to stay in custody while she awaited trial. Mm -hmm. What is going on It's clearly some odd behavior. As you can imagine, the trial was big news, not just in Russia, but around the world. It was made known that she had a history of mental illness. It was even rumored that she uh, may have spent some time in a psychological facility. She was seen giggling many times during the trial. And at one point, she said she had been waiting for 10 years for the police to show up at her house. It almost sounds like she wanted to be caught. Yeah, it does kind of make sense. Like she couldn't stop doing what she was doing, right? Yeah. And yeah. Why did I, I, this this is so bizarre to me. On July 29th, uh, 2015, Tamara was brought to the Frunze District Court and she was made to have full forensic psychiatric examination. On November 26, 2015, it was decided that she was a danger to herself and to society. This ruling would make her not responsible for the murder of Valentina due to her mental state. She was put into an institution until it would be decided where she would go next. So for two years, she was in a facility. And then in 2017, now with a diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia, the judge ultimately decided it would be best if she was locked up tight at Kazan Psychiatric Hospital for the rest of her life. So I looked into this this quote unquote hospital. Yeah. And it said it's a high security prison hospital and is known for its very extreme strictness. So it's it's jail. Good. But they have psychiatric, which I I personally love this, right? Mm-hmm. She's she's never going to see the light of day. She is getting treated for her illness, but it's still not fun because you're basically in jail and can you know have can only do certain things. 
Here is a little quote from Tamara from 2017 regarding the judge's order for her to live the rest of her days at Kazan Hospital. This was published by CNN. I have nowhere else to live. I am a very old person. No, she's not. But anyways, (laughs) and I put the whole matter to rest deliberately. I have thought 77 times about it and then decided that I must be in prison. I will die there and the state will probably bury me. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about the statement a little because I, 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 she stated that she was a very old woman and she was only 70 years old at the time. I don't consider that to be a very old person at all nowadays, right? But like we said, if you look at pictures of her at the time, she looks much, much older than her age. Also, um, thinking about the horrific things she had done 77 times is an odd statement. That is a very specific number, right? I'm wondering. Oddly specific. I'm wondering. I almost said that word right. What? Specific. Specific. I'm wondering, and it's just me wondering, if that is her actual number of murders. Oh, you might be onto something. Just a thought. You actually might be onto something. Why would you say, like, seven, like, you know what I mean? You'd say, I've thought about this over and over and over and over and over, and now I just know that I need to be in this. 77? Random number of times. Yeah. You're, I think you're onto something. I don't know. It was just a little thought in Charity's mind. One of, one of Charity's thoughts, and trust me, many thoughts are weird. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I don't share them, but that one I did. You're Sometimes welcome, guys. I share thoughts, and then Kristen looks at me and yeah, says, "You shouldn't. You shouldn't share this one with anybody else. You should keep that in your brain." <laughs> I was like, "But it's so real." And she's like, "No, yeah, yeah. not for public no, consumption." Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm on that boat with you, Mark. I get it. <laughs> hey, maybe you and I should write a diary of our weird thoughts. People be like, "These people need to be <laughs> and then publish up. it." Weird thoughts by Mark and Charity. Yeah, no, I think I got to bail out on that one. <laughs> Okay, so although there was much evidence linking Tamara to many other murders due to the writings in her diary, um, you know, there was those were just writings. They mm-hmm. they couldn't, you know. Writings of a crazy person. The 70-year-old, 79-year-old Valentina Ulanova was the only murder authorities could prove. She confessed to murdering 11 people, decapitating them, mutilating their bodies, and rumors say she enjoyed ripping their lungs out and eating them. Wow. As we mentioned earlier, Tamara could be responsible for many more murders. Maybe 77, just saying. Right. Police have since opened many cold cases to see if there are similarities to Tamara's diary entries in the hopes of giving families some closure. We will likely never know why Tamara did these unspeakable things to these innocent people. Was she driven to carry out these murders by something in her own head? You know what I mean? I wonder if she maybe killed her husband accidentally, disposed of his body, and that was the start of everything. Or did she firmly believe in black magic and were these people offerings? Did Can she think I she pick a little of each? Did she think she had to kill them? Yeah, right? It might I think be the perfect a little storm. Bit of something of everything you just said. Right? I don't know. It outright shocks me that she was able to get away with all these murders and dismemberments and disposing of bodies for 15 years without any red flags. Like, didn't anyone else see her dragging stuff around the night? That's odd to me. Right? Like, what? All right, so even if it was just the just the 11 people. Which we know it's probably not. That's 11 bodies she dragged somewhere. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. 
This like is you see odd. an elderly person dragging, or may, back maybe 15 years before, she didn't look elderly, but she doesn't look like she's a big person dragging a plastic bag. Weird. That is odd. Tamara Samsonova, sorry. Champagne supernova no, no, in the sky. No, it's just Samsonova. <laughs> she will forever be known as, quote, the Granny Ripper. I love what I, I want to know who there. I want to know who gi- gives them the names. I've seen that name and other other stuff in life. The Granny Ripper. This is odd to me. But Move he, on. here's my thing. Do they say is there a roundtable discussion? And how many people are in the discussion? Or does we it just, shall name her? Yes. Or is there just one person? Or do they throw names in a hat? Like I need to hear know. Here he. Here he. Yes. Today we vote on the scroll comes down. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know. Meow. <laughs> I meant to hit this one. Because it made more sense, but now you get them both. <laughs> I personally hope she's getting the mental help she needs while spending the rest of her life behind bars. Correct. But my biggest hope is that over time, the police can match some of these cold cases to her diary entries and give the families of those murdered some closure as to what happened to their loved ones and to let them know that this person will never see the light of day. It's so sad. Not having the closure, I get it. It's got to be one of the worst things oh, in the I can't world imagine. you just don't know. You want to know, but you don't. Like, it's got to be horrendous. I, I don't know. I personally, uh, I don't know. Well, I want to know what our creeps think. Remember, 603-212-4600, text, voicemail. What else or can they do? They can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh-huh, or anywhere. Yep, anywhere that you uh, best podcasts are found. And if and then, they'd like to buy us coffee, they could do that too. Yes, that that's absolutely all this and more is in the show notes. And, of course, go, join the Case Watch Crime Creep Group. It's the best place on the internet. Next week, we will do a best of the week. Oh, we de- we'll definitely do a best of the week next week. So, guys, get your best stuff out there. Yeah, now's your time to shine. Yeah, <laughs> Be the shining star on the Facebook. You can be, post- the we- be the weirdest creep on the <laughs> Once we n- say your name on the show, you'll be able to post on your Facebook wall. I am exclusive content of Case Watch Podcast. Yeah, week. and then you can share our our podcast with your friends. I like it. I do too. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. See ya. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.